show where pastors talk, talk. and you're listening so it's pastors talk and you listen um, i'm pastor joe and pastor mike is with me and today we're talking about the word of god and uh, specifically about valuing the word of god in our lives the reason why we want to talk about this is because we look at our culture and i don't just mean the united states in general i mean christian culture in america I think valuing the Word of God is really low on the list. People say they value it, but I think as we take a look at what it means to value the Word of God today, it's pretty apparent that people don't. And uh, and so if you're listening to this, you know, my our goal is, is uh, just to allow the Holy Spirit to convict you. But this isn't so you can go bash your friends on the head with, you're not valuing the Word of God. This is for you, those who are listening. And so if you're listening, just just think about this. Just take a, a look at your life and really answer the question of whether or not you are valuing the uh, the, the Word of God in your life. Mike, what, what are your opening thoughts on this? Yeah. If, if Jesus truly is our first love and the Bible tells us the way Jesus calls us to live, tells us about Jesus, then... Shouldn't this be our desire to know everything about our Jesus? Therefore, shouldn't our desire be to know all the words of God's Bible? And shouldn't it be the first conversation we want to strike up with everyone we we meet up with? Because if you have like your favorite sports team, you're always talking about your favorite sports team. You meet up with your friends and your buddies and you start talking about, yeah, my team did this, it's great, they traded this player for that player, all that kind of thing. And you're always on top of that and you're always researching it. You're always listening to everything you can from every direction so you can know all about your team and what's going on and what's happening in your league. Why don't we do that with Jesus? I mean, in our inner circles here at church, yeah, that happens. But shouldn't that happen with each and every one of us that calls Jesus Christ? In our lives daily, shouldn't that be our desire with our families is to talk about God's word on a regular basis? Shouldn't it just be a natural conversation to strike up throughout our days with our loved ones if God's word is important to us? I think that's a, that's a really good point because that brings up the question, why, why do we value God's word? Why should we value God's word? You know? And I feel like lots of times when we talk about people in the church, the people that will just blatantly say that they value God's worth and value truth are the people that I feel like their motivation is either to show that they know more than others about the word of God or to win arguments. But I think it's very easy to fall into this trap, especially as uh, someone who's starting to grow um, in your faith in the Lord, like when you when you first come to the Lord, lots of times you are just you're in this in this space where you're just soaking everything up, right? You're in submission to the people, uh, the, the the pastors and the different leaders that God has put in place above you. You're in submission to them. You just want to learn everything you can. And there's this point in lots of in in a growing Christian's life where they hit a point of knowledge where they realize that, oh, these people may not be right about everything. And now that I'm studying and I'm reading and I'm looking at theological journals and reading books and commentaries, I realize I can be an authority on these things. And so there's this period of time where um, 
and I went through a period of like this when I was about um, 16 or 17 when uh, I started teaching, uh, uh, taking rhetoric and apologetics class at my Christian high school. And I started realizing just how big the world of theology was and how many different viewpoints were. And when I started taking stances on them, then I wanted to argue with my youth group leaders. I wanted to argue with everybody I could find to prove that I was right and that I knew more about them, uh, more than them about the Bible. And so I think we go through this stage. And what's interesting is is for those Christians that actually um, love the Lord and are desiring to be moved by Him, I think the interesting thing is the next stage is to let that go. And it's interesting that valuing the Word becomes uh, really trying to apply it in your own life instead of just trying to prove to everybody that you're right. I mean, how many theological conversations have you had and arguments where you convinced the other person in the end and that their life was forever changed for the better because you... They, they still feel their point was valid and they were right. But you argued by for the end two of the conversation hours and they and, just hate you more. And you were yelling at each other, for what? Right? Uh, who, and we do this on the, on the terms of truth. But it just doesn't work that way. And so I, I think you get to the point where, if you look at the Psalms of David, right, where loving the Word of God just becomes this exercise in your own life that guards your heart, it guards your mind. It, uh, as Psalm 119 uh, says, it's, uh, that it, it's a light to your uh, path and a lamp for your feet, right? And, uh, and we are called to to come alongside our brothers and sisters and, and, and iron sharpening iron and encourage one another. But it's so clear that uh, God calls us to first remove the plank from our own mm-hmm. eye. And if we're just, you know, preaching at people these theological issues that don't actually change anyone's lives, but we're not actually doing the things that Jesus uh, calls for us to do, which he specifically tells us not to argue amongst each other uh, um, on these different things, uh, not to worry about end times. He tells us not to worry about these things that we just decide that we're going to, uh, you know, make different churches on because they don't believe in the rapture or they don't, you know, this or that. Literally, that's what separates churches. What I've seen in these last couple of years, I've been saying this a lot lately in all the areas that I get to teach, uh, just simple fact of the church stepping up in their walks and i've seen a lot of a lot of situations with men where they're taking the knowledge they've learned from the bible and they're using it to sharpen someone else not just not to state hey look how much more smarter i am more smarter than than i am something like that more smartest (laughs) more smartest (laughs) but to actually truly sharpen a brother and build them up in Christ. And it's been so beautiful. It's, it's, you've been seeing the weeds have been pulled and the flowers are flourishing and, and there's great fruit coming out of them. And it's just been a beautiful thing within all the turmoil these last two years that has been, has been sprouting out. And it's been a beautiful thing to witness in that you're building yourself in the word and you're reading the Bible and you're, you're investigating it and such. I remember is about 15 years ago when I'm, I'm reading uh, Genesis 5, and it, it's simply the ancestry of Adam down to Noah. And I started looking at that and saying there, there has, had to be more in that than just this ancestry of a thousand years of, of people, right? And I started noticing the names 
the definitions of the names of some of the particular people. Some of them I knew from past experiences and such. And as I started putting that together, I started saying, there's something being said here. And as I, as I broke that all down with everything, noticing God was telling us he created his creation, the creation is going to fall and he's going to save them. And he does that in a thousand year time span of, of men being born. And it, I just thought that is so outrageous and cool. What else am I missing in the Bible? And it just really threw me into wanting to read the word on a regular basis and research it and investigate and find out what other sweet little tidbits God's got pushed in there that we don't notice on a regular basis. And that's so cool that, that God that brought you into it in that way. You know, I think for most people don't even know that. Right. That if you, you see these genealogies of these names, and my gosh, does it seem boring sometimes? Mm-hmm. You're just like reading, and you, you, you're like, oh, I'm resolved to read through the Bible. And you hit some of these parts in the Old Testament, and you're just like, uh, <laughs> I said I was going to read it. I feel guilty if I skip past these parts, these genealogies, these numbers, uh, parts in um, in numbers where literally you feel like you just read the exact same passage two chapters ago. Moses says the exact same long thing. <laughs> and I, I love that God brought that in for you with, with what he was doing with these genealogies and just telling the story of Jesus from the very beginning. Like if we Real just... Creation. We're looking back on thousands of years of, of history, 2,000 since Jesus, 3,000 since David, you know, four-ish thousand since Noah, and um, depending on how you look at these genealogies. And so we're looking at all these the, these years of studying, and it's just, it's a beautiful thing. I think I the first time I heard of it, someone literally told me about it. And then I just went and did a Google search and looked it up. And then, so it's awesome that God was... If I believe, if I remember right, it's like 10 years after I did it. Because <laughs> now you can find it on Google before you, you couldn't research it. Right. It wasn't there. Right. And then uh, and then God used that to fuel your desire to study the mm-hmm. word. Instead of, if someone just showed it to you, you wouldn't have... You said, oh, that's you cool. You wouldn't have had that same, uh, you know, desire fueled in you. So yeah, that motivation. So yeah, it brings us back to uh, why do you want? Why do you study the Word of God? Why do you value it? And, and why should we? And uh, what is the right motivation? Um, just to read a couple of verses here, Hebrews four twelve says, "For the Word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart." Well, it sounds pretty powerful and pretty useful. Second Timothy agrees, 3, 16 uh, to 17, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So in that motivation, not only is it useful, all these different things, but it's to, to train you for what? For good work. Not for arguing with people, for good work. There's so many benefiting things. James one twenty two. do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Don't just listen to argue. Do it. Go do it. And in, in living it out, if, if you're really keen on convincing people of anything, show them a lifestyle where uh, it, it's being lived out and where it matters and where it's different from people. And that is what will convince people. doesn't matter what you preach. The Pharisees, Jesus says uh, that the Pharisees were saying all the right things, right? But they, were, they weren't doing it. They weren't living it out. They weren't loving others. And they, uh, they were and, dead inside. And they were dead inside. 
Uh, Proverbs is all full of wisdom, and uh, it has the other end of that, too. If you're going to live for sin, how destructive that is, and how many things you're going to tear apart and destroy if you don't live wise, which, not worldly wisdom, we're talking godly wisdom, which you don't know unless you're reading the rest of the Bible. You know, another thing is that the Word of God, we, uh, we talk about that, and that's the Bible, but the Word of God is literally Jesus. Right? In word. the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And, and so valuing uh, the Word is literally valuing Jesus. Jesus says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. And so when we put, uh, when we put our hope and our faith in the Word of God, then we can't be disappointed, right? right. We may be disappointed because we understood it wrong or we we thought something wrong and we're disappointed about through our own thinking and our lives and and all sorts of things all the time but if we actually put all of our hope and faith in the words that jesus has given us they don't change they don't fail and they'll never pass away and so um that's that's another reason to the value of the word it's something that it, it has higher value than anything else There's nothing that can have higher value. And in fact, it's so much higher value that everything here on earth is just worthless. It's 100% worthless compared to the things that will last forever. And going back to Jesus is the word, and it's all about a relationship with Jesus. And we call him our Lord and Savior, uh, our closest friend. Then we need to be growing in that relationship. And we can't grow in that relationship if we're not praying and reading the word and acting out what we've learned from his word. And so there should be that total relationship value that we have, like any other relationship we would have with a a spouse or our children or best friends or something like that, where you want to know everything about them. You want to grow closer to them. You want to know what's happening in their day, day in and day out. And without going to our Bible and and investigating that, we're not building up on that relationship. So it's, it's huge. It's very important in every Christian's life. You know, going back to, uh, you know, why do you value the Word of God? Well, I think one of the reasons why is if you say you love Jesus and you want to follow him, Jesus valued the Word of God. I mean, he used it all the time. Continuously. Continuously. And and he held it at the highest value. And so I think that when we look at the Word of God and how to value it, like one thing that I've been uh, thinking about lately is, um, you know, the verses about spiritual milk Mm -hmm. versus uh, meat. And uh, I've been thinking about it a lot lately. And and so I was looking, uh, uh, studying this, and in Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 5 and chapter 6, it actually talks about what spiritual milk is. And I think... um, it ties in with what we started about arguing because spiritual milk, as according to Hebrews 5 and 6, is um, these are the things that are, are foundational, but that need to you need to move on from, right? That they're not to be dwelt on. Righteousness by faith through Jesus Christ, repentance from dead works, faith toward God, doctrine of baptisms. No one's ever argued about baptisms to death. Laying on of hands. So healing of the mm-hmm. sick and, and prayer, the resurrection of the dead. Okay, so end times and what's going on there. Eternal judgment, 
more end times. These are the things that are considered as spiritual milk, where you, you learn about them at the beginning of your faith, but they're not the focus. They're not even the difficult parts. They're not the parts that you're supposed to dedicate your life to, to convincing others that you have the right viewpoint. And so when we, when we talk about uh, valuing the Word of God, and I, and I look at what uh, the meat is, of the gospel, the more I'm convinced that it's literally loving God and loving others. Mm -hmm. That's the meat. You know what? That's really hard. And you think you think about the fact that um, Paul, God, has to tell us directly in, in like Ephesians. Paul is not God. I this I know. You're clear. But through Paul, <laughs> God tells us. <laughs> yeah, someone would have taken that. <laughs> He tells us that men need to love their wives, right? It's the hardest thing for us to do is to love. So we have to love our God, and we have to love people around us. And we stink at it, and so we continuously have to grow on it. So we have to go to Corinthians 13, to 1 Corinthians 13, to learn about love and keep that in the forefront of our mind because we suck at every principle within that or the fruits of the Spirit. <laughs> we continuously daily have to grow and build upon each and every one of those. And, we, and, the, and the thing is, we talked about God's ways just being uh, so much higher, and he's just like, he, he's like a chess master, right? that his ways are literally just genius compared to ours. We can see like, oh, if I do this, then this will probably happen. Well, God can literally see the effect of everything uh, all at the same time. And so if we think of his ways as just that much better than ours, then when he calls us to love each other and be one as the church, and like, think about it, when, when you're upset with somebody and you... You know, like in the Bible, it says you are called to go to that person and reconcile. Um, what is the last thing that you want to do with that? <laughs> go and see that person. Right. And it feels super difficult. It's like meat. It's hard to chew. It's hard to swallow compared to milk, mm -hmm. right? It's so much easier to just have the intellectual conversations about it. Well, this is what you should do. do, 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 do. And then like somebody's talking behind your back, right? And you get really hurt. And for you to be supposed to, in love, submit yourself and not get on your high horse and start uh, lashing out and trying to be right in the situation, but to go to that person, uh, that is what God calls us to. And like I said, it doesn't ever feel good. Nobody it, likes confrontations. It doesn't, well, some people do, and those are the people who <laughs> might need to take a second to cool off before they go. But, um, you know, God's ways are so much higher. He can see that's the best thing you can possibly do. And it's not that you, you're supposed to go and, and, and truth doesn't matter and all this different stuff, but that's how you resolve it. That's how you resolve truth, right? That's how mm -hmm. truth actually gets played out in love. And, um, and, and so I, I think valuing the word of God is actually an action. It's not just something we say, but we'll actually see it with our, with our lives. You'll see the fruits within your life? Yes. Crazy. <laughs> and Jesus tells us well, we're not going to have an easy life. If we're going to be followers of him, we're not going to have an easy life. So with that in mind as well, we need the word of God to figure out how we're going to make it through all these difficult situations. Like in Matthew 8 and Luke 9, it talks about Jesus says that the foxes have dens, birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. 
Um, another guy wants to go bury his father first. He says, let the dead bury the dead. So it's kind of hard. And we're supposed to hate our, our lives, our wives, our families over him. So it, it sounds really difficult and hard and no average person is just going to naturally want to do those things. They're want to they're going to want to put more love and affection towards their spouse. They're going to want to take care of their kids more than they're, they're going to want to open their Bible and read. <laughs> That's going to come natural for them. Um, so we need to have that heart for God's word to turn back to that. Because when we go through these hard things, being married, raising kids, uh, having loved ones die in, in our lives, um, we need to know how to manage through that. We need to know that God is with us in that. And we're not going to know any direction if we don't have his word pressed into our heart and on the forefront of our mind. And I think that if you're, if you're sitting there thinking, am I valuing the word of God? I, I, I think just, just take a moment and just think about your lives. Think about the decisions you've made in your job, the decisions you've made with your family, where you are. Like Jesus was very clear. You can, we cannot serve two masters. You can not serve money and God. You cannot serve your family and God. You cannot serve your boss and job and and God. <laughs> okay, you cannot. You know what I'm saying. You cannot serve like your priority cannot be something else. Now, in loving the Lord and serving the Lord, He has a whole host of things that He's called you to. He's called you to love your your wife um, better then you would then then our culture would ever call you to love right. your wife he's called you to love your your kids in a way that uh where they'll actually grow up and love the lord instead of uh you know grow up spoiled or giving given the things that um it, that this world would say oh well they had a good childhood and all these different things and so it's not that you have to literally just you know leave your wife, leave your children, do all these different things. But when you look at everything through the perspective of my number one job, my number one priority, my number one thing is the Lord. And then that changes the way that you do everything. Then that makes you love his word because you, you love him. You want to follow him. And he's given us so much. I mean, the Bible is huge and it's just rich it's it's uh so deep and so full of 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 god right and and so when we approach it from that way when we approach it from this is why i love the lord this is how i'm going to live my entire life then uh, i think it's really convicting and it constantly calls us to repoint every single part of our lives everything that we're at everything that we're doing, but it, it, it does it in, in a way that's not, man, I really should do this. And I, <laughs> I hate it. I, man, I don't want to go do this for the Lord, but I should, Ugh. It, but it's just like, I want to serve the Lord now that this has been revealed to me and I'm convicted mm-hmm. to move, convicted to change, then, um, then it's going to be difficult, but it's my joy to, to follow the Lord in this path, whatever that looks like. And it's going to look different for each, each person. Like there's so many different, um, ways that you can live your life. There's so many jobs. Every person is different. There's always ways that you can serve the Lord, but in the end, it's going to be 
loving the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, above all else. And then the second commandment is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. And so if your life is not reflecting those two things in everything that you're doing, then it, it, it really, you just need to take a step back and say, have I been ignoring the word of God? Have I been not valuing the word of God in this part of my life? Have I just been doing what is what everybody else has been doing and what's acceptable and what looks good? Or am I actually valuing the word of God? What I think is so beautiful within that conversation you just had is he's gifted us and and uh, blessed us in various ways of having desires and likes and, and capabilities. So when we're loving him, he's given those things to do, whether it's work, uh, loving our families and such, as you touched on. We're blessing him as we're doing those things we desire to do in the first place. So it's, as you said, you're not like throwing away your family or pushing your job aside just to do things for God directly. You are through your work and you are through your family. And, and it brings such joy to you on the, the earthly level. And it brings joy to the Father on the spiritual level at the same time. It's just, it's amazing how God put everything together and how it blesses us so much if we follow his guidelines, <laughs> if we follow his word. And it's, it's so cool how he grows us so specifically. Mm-hmm. I, I, going back to what you said about your story, about how he just you know showed you and gave you a love for studying the word because you started seeing really cool things in there. And you're like, oh, I got to... This is like a, a really cool mystery of the Lord. Like, wow, God, I didn't realize that you were putting so much cool stuff. And even the parts that I thought was boring, right? The, the, that you mm-hmm. were writing the story of Jesus, you know, the, the climax of just whew, human history, that you were writing that from the very beginning uh, in people's names. <laughs> in people's names. And I think that's one of the things that we miss out on when we don't value the word of the Lord is we literally don't. We don't see those things mm-hmm. because we don't care to. And uh, and so uh, as we close, I, I just want to I just want to close in prayer. And and so wherever you are right now, whether you're if you're in your car, don't close your eyes. Uh, if you're listening to this in your car, but wherever you are, just pray with us. Just take a moment and uh, let's pray, dear Lord. I pray in our lives, in in uh, in Pastor Mike's and my life that that we would value you above all else. That every decision that we make would be uh, that you would be our first thought. Lord, that we would value you above all else, that there would be nothing else that that would inch its way even close um, to you, Lord. That we would love you with everything that we are. Lord, that we would place the proper value of your word in our lives, that it would uh, radically continue to transform us, that it would be just so obvious in our lives to everybody that uh, that sees it. Lord, for everybody that's listening, I pray the same thing in your life, that uh, that you would be convicted right now by the Holy Spirit to to take a look at your life and, and ask the questions, does my life reflect loving the Word of God above all else? Does it reflect loving the Lord Jesus above all else? And Lord, reveal to me those things in, in my life where it doesn't. And, it, and, it, and Lord, if there's anybody that's realizing that they just don't love your word like they should, but they want to, Lord, let them know that they can pray this prayer. 
Lord, give me your heart. Give me a love for your word. Lord, give me a brokenness for the things that you're broken for. Give me uh, a passion for the things that you're passionate for. Remove everything from my life, Lord, that I value alone that you don't, and give me your values. Lord, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so, Lord, we just submit ourselves to you, uh, knowing that, that you have promised to, to grow us, to refine us, to sanctify us. And uh, Lord, and we trust in you and we submit ourselves to that process. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Pastor Talk brought to you by... Behringer Tools. Behringer Tools. If your sewer gets clogged, use Behringer Green Tea. Pour it down the drain. It'll clean it out. Nothing.